Good afternoon and welcome to the Young News Podcast with your host, John Phillips, alongside Sean Clappis via WhatsApp on this Sunday, May 9th, 2021, sharing with you our thoughts on current events. And today it's all about our financial and media institutions, the mystery of how they're staying alive, Sean. I've been thinking about this for quite some time. Over the past, I'd say, five, six years, I see a podcast market open up. I see an alternative form of using money open up, and that's obviously in crypto, but that's also in other various forms of looking to have something that's of value. And then I look obviously in the media industry as well, as there's more and more choices that people have. So the choices are getting much larger, and yet, and yet you still have a monopoly of the message based on the dollar and based on the mainstream media news networks. Mm -hmm. And so it's one of those things I want to dive into today. It's something that's very fascinating to me because when I'm looking at the numbers, they don't make sense. I see all the money that's being spent, spent that uh, money that we don't have, money that's just being printed. I see record trade deficits, Sean. I see average income. I see average the average person continue to pile up debt. I see, and yet despite all this, what I just said to you, Sean, the average income isn't necessarily substantially higher, but the prices of houses are substantially higher. So I see a lot of information that that tells me that there's something incredibly unstable about the dollar that's incredibly unstable about the media market out there. And yet when you look at the dollar and its influence around the world and you look at the mainstream media's influence around the world, they still have the power. And so I wanted to start off on that, and I wanted to explore that, and also some of the alternatives that are out there um, in response to this monopoly that these two industries have had for such a long time. So with that very boring start to our sometimes radical show, I will pass over the invisible microphone to you. Yeah, John, that's great. Um, What we're seeing is... I think as things get crazier and crazier in the media and just as government gets crazier, you know, we just saw, I don't know if you saw the CIA ad that was super woke, uh, basically. It's like, oh, wow, the CIA, you mean the uh, the organization that, that, that tortures people and uh, drone strikes Syrian children is, is uh, cares about Latinas? It, it like, it's just, it's such a joke at this point. Um, you see the narrative from the cathedral getting crazier and crazier. And when I say the cathedral, I mean, you know, the, the gilded towers of mainstream media, of, uh, of um, you know, the corporate press, um, uh, big corporations, um, the, uh, the, the, the political establishment, right. basically, the, you know, the elites, the establishment, the ones right. in charge, the ones who Hollywood, right? That's the also, and they're getting they're getting crazier and crazier. Go ahead. Right. What I was going to say was it also is like a little bit of a like okay, it's our time to have power now. The older generation, the greatest generation, right? That America, that's old America. We're going to do things differently. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're moving on. I just was in Target yesterday, and fine, you can have the rainbow flag, but man, now it's become a religion. That flag, that flag is like a like, it's it's become. Like a religion, where it's painted all over <laughs> it, the place. It's, it's become like the American flag. Yeah, you know, it's, it's actually it's more everywhere. important. People are more loyal to that flag than they are to the American flag. As a matter of fact, I think a lot of yeah. people 
who are in the lefty baby boomer generation who have set these policies of diversity, of equity, of inclusion, right? They would look at that flag and say, that's a better representation of who I am and the kind of people that I want to stand for versus the actual American flag. So it's very fascinating to me that you have these two flags. You can't find the American flag anywhere you go on Target. I was watching. So it was very interesting to me. I'm like, okay, maybe there's a patriotic part of the store. No, you have the gay flag. The gay, and I don't know if it's the gay flag now. I don't know what it's called anymore. I think it's just, I should really call it the rainbow flag. Uh, but you have yeah. this inclusivity flag, inclusivity flag everywhere you go, everywhere you go, painted on everything, t-shirts, cards, this, that. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, the irony to me is that the whole part of this movement was to get rid of any type of attitude that represented kind of you telling someone like submission essentially, right? Mm. Part of, mm-hmm. part of when I was mm-hmm. out in California, and I saw this flag, the idea was, behind it, was inclusivity, but also diversity, right? Different ideas, different opinions, we all kind of come from different backgrounds, and we all can have our say and our input on certain things, right? And of obviously some postmodern element to that, our own interpretations of literature and all that. Fine, fair enough, I get it, Sean, that's fantastic, right? You can keep that flag, and you can have that as your representation, okay? But then mm-hmm. it became a religion, then yeah. it became, we're not just going to have this flag represent us. We are going to impose it on other people. And then I saw a flag yesterday, Sean. It was the rainbow flag of inclusivity with kind of the BLM, black and white power. Oh, of course. Yeah. And it was all mixed together. So you ha- And here's the great part is there was a love, a love logo in the middle of it. Okay? <laughs> so... So it's very interesting in a very short period of time, a period of time in which I would say 10 years, that over the course of just 10 years, you went from a whole different America, an America that would raise the American flag, that would, like, like there were certain things that were just undeniable, going to be undeniably protected in America. It's free freedom of speech was one of those things, Sean. Yeah. And now we're living in a total different world. And it was the first time when I went to a store like Target. Maybe I was living in the hole for too long over the past six months. But I really paid attention to it. I said, holy smokes, we're in a different type of America now. And yeah. then the other yeah. thing I noticed was everywhere I went, I hear, wear a mask, wear a mask. Like they, they play these like little uh, commercials in the stores, you know. Mm-hmm. And I swear to you, Sean, I've been in the outlets. I've been in Whole Foods. And I've been in Target, and I've heard the same thing. They mentioned the vaccine, they mentioned the masks. They mentioned the vaccine, they mentioned the masks. They mentioned the vaccine, they mentioned the masks, and they mentioned yeah. social distancing as well. And it's over and over and over again. And I don't want to get too far off topic, but when you were talking about the cathedral, when you were talking about control and getting everyone under the same type of authority, how much more anti-American can you get? And yet you have a lot of old school baby boomers, and I don't even want to say old school baby boomers, Sean, just baby boomers in general, who if it wasn't for patriotism, and it wasn't for the freedom of speech, and it wasn't for the Second Amendment, and it wasn't for the sacrifices that their generations before had made for them, they wouldn't have anything, Sean. They wouldn't have anything. And yet they want to take the American flag, Put it in a desk, put it in a closet, say it's not time for that, and it's time for our new progressive, you know, inclusivity flag with the BLM logo on it. That's that's really the new America for the baby boomers. That's where they put so, their face. So it's not it's not so let me jump in, it's not just the baby boomers, of course the millennials, our generation. 
are the biggest cheerleaders of this. It's just the ones with the money who are putting this forward, that's the baby boomers. Now, let me be very clear. Leadership, leadership, leadership. Yeah, this, yeah. so let me be very clear, and I think I speak for you as well. I have no problem with gay people or trans people. or I mean, I, I have gay friends and gay family members, right? Uh, I harbor no racist thoughts whatsoever towards anyone. Like, I, I, I truly don't care what your skin color is. But what this is about is not that. Sorry, I'm running up a hill. What this is about is not that. It, it, isn't it amazing, John? I mean, the, the American flag, and I'm not. Go, I'm certainly not going to. Like, I'm not a rah rah nationalist, and I'm not going to defend the American government government for what it does now. But the idea of the American flag was, oh, everyone is welcome here. Give me your tired, your poor, your hub masses yearning to breathe free. Right? Everyone's welcome. Like, that means gay people. That means black people. That means everybody. Everybody is welcome. All of the humanitarian leaps forward that have happened under that flag and essentially with that experiment in mind. Right? Right. And well, and you'll hear people say, go for it. Well, wait, wait, let, let me finish. So this, the rainbow flag thing, this is a big, I mean, this is what wokeness essentially is. It's getting people to be hyper focused on identity and not even important identity uh immutable characteristics that don't matter black gay trans asian whatever these things okay i mean maybe it has an effect on who you are about how how you're treated but to what degree of of importance is it is it more important than your iq more important than how you were raised more important than how attractive you are more important than uh i don't know your belief system your religion your all of the thousands, like uncountable ways that you as an individual interact with society and how society interacts with you, the woke mafia wants you to think about only a handful of visible ones or uh, the, the easy ones to point out. And this is, I mean, they say, oh, yeah, unite, unite. I mean, that's what the communists did, essentially. They, they don't care about your personal situation they're just trying to create voting blocks and political you know voting blocks and it's easy it's easy to unite people by appealing to their sense of narcissism and saying oh well you know i'm a proud latina because it's like okay who cares if you're latina like i i don't give a shit i I don't give a shit that i'm a white you shouldn't give a shit that i'm a white man you know like our actions and our thoughts and the things that we do those are the things that make us who we are and they are probably more similar than they are different. But that's what the rainbow flag has come to represent now is, oh, you have to be super focused on identity, 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 identity. And it has not united us. It has divided us. And that is exactly what the power structure wants. Right. They, want every, they want everybody to be divided. They want everybody because you know what? When everyone is like at each other's throats uh, about black lives matter and about you know all or all lives matter like this is just nonsense i mean okay uh amazon is making more money than it has ever made and small businesses are just falling apart and being destroyed because of covid lockdown so it's like we're focused we're focused on all the wrong things here guys uh we're we're in i think eight countries in the middle east and joe biden keeps saying oh we're gonna remove 
troops from Afghanistan, but then keeps pushing the date back. It's like, that should be the thing that we're focused on, guys. Not this nonsense, woke garbage that keeps us apart from one another. Right. But, it can, it, but it's been incredibly effective. And I think the interesting thing was, at least again, going mm-hmm. back to when I was out in California in 2007, 2008, <coughs> it was very interesting to see how there were a lot of people within the gay community, in which I remember, that actually, like... They spend a lot of time and sacrifice, at least, for a cause, a cause to be like, I want to be able to go outside and in public and feel like I'm treated as a human being. And they weren't. Mm-hmm. I think everyone in America would admit that. And you know what essentially what happened yep. was their movement was hijacked. And there are a lot of people inside the movement that haven't seen that yet. In a sense where they've spent all this time, they sacrificed, they really just said, look, here's the bottom line is we just want to make sure whether we open up a business right whether with a mm-hmm. significant other in public we want to feel protected right because we yeah. know we, that there's we, many we countries around harassed. the world that, yeah. that you can't do that right and we feel free mm-hmm. we want to feel free yeah well their movement right. i have to say ladies and gentlemen was hijacked it was totally hijacked yep. by a larger movement in which was just going to use them as puppets as pawns essentially and that's what they're doing they're taking these groups that are on the outside, right, in terms of the quote-unquote power structure of America, and they're saying, let's take these groups. We got gays, we got blacks, we got Latinos. And I think, Sean, the, the good news is that some of the most, the brightest and most brilliant people actually have come from those movements and have woke up, right, and yeah. said, wait a second, I know what this was all about. This, They never really cared about me as a human being. They really never cared about me and my family. They, at the end of the day, were more concerned about using me in this bigger game as a pawn so that yeah. they could knock out that which was inside, you know, at the major power structure. And that's that's essentially mm-hmm. how I've seen it. Where and you've seen this all across America. I don't care if it's the civil rights movement with MLK Jr. You know, and people who took a lot of pride in that. Well, they hijacked that as well. They hijacked yeah. what took place with the the pride movement. So there are several things that have taken place. And again, I go back to how I opened up the show. How is it possible that all this stuff, Sean, all of this stuff that's taken place is right in front of our eyes, and we've witnessed mm. it, we've seen it, and yet. Despite all of this that's going on, you look at a CNN, an MSNBC, a Fox News, they still hold the power of the communication between the groups. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so... Which I'm know, still trying take... to understand because that's... What I just said right here is, gosh, I don't want to say it's incredibly obvious, but I think it's very obvious to many people that that is a strategy in which is being used and it seems like to me... That people are perfectly fine with that. Yeah, let's just label people. Let's create a bunch of tribes to knock out the big tribe. And then what? And then what? And then what kind okay. of country do you want? So, so you just what you just said, John, strikes at the heart of the ideology of where a lot of this comes from. This the kind of woke intersectional ideology, which is is not the traditional ideology of the power structure, but they you, they're using it now because they see, oh yeah, wokeness. This is a great tool for us to maintain power. Actually, keep everyone divided. Wonderful. So. That whole entire, you know, critical constructivism, wokeness, whatever you want to call it, that, you know, as I've discussed before, comes from postmodernism, critical theory, comes from Foucault and Derrida, and the French postmodernists of the 60s and 70s. Their ideology was based primarily on power structures 
and they believe that every interaction that existed was a power structure. Okay, how is this group taking power over this group? You know, the you know in nineteen early nineteen eighties nineteen nineties university systems, they co in America and Canada they co opted that to make it about. Okay, how do we, you know, Foucault and Derrida were talking about class and religion. Yep. And and now, in America and Canada, they've co-opted that to make it about race and gender. Those are the things. And you say, okay, well, this group has power over this group, and this group has power over this group. And so their aim is not for everyone to be, oh, yeah, we should have equal opportunities. Yeah, we should have a, you know, they don't view, they don't view a free world as being the right, you know, the, the right answer. Right. They want to manipulate and have uh, equal outcomes. Well, and they also want to weaken the individual. That's, that's they want to weaken. Yeah, they want to weaken the individual. So when I said, well, yes, when I they're, said they're to you, collect, they're collectivists, John. Yeah, of course, they don't so, care about the individual. When I, yeah, when they I said, ca- they care about the power of their collective. They see someone in power, and they don't see. You know, they look at the hierarchy as being oppressive as opposed to a natural structure that occurs in nature everywhere, right? They look right. at it as being, so they see everything. If It's like you're a hammer. You're trained to see everything as nails, right? Right. Even if it's not a nail, it's, an, it's a nail to you. So, ah, oh, that my boss, he's part of the patriarchal power structure. Right. Even though he, even though he harbors no misogyny, he's never mistreated anybody, he's only fair, he's a good boss, doesn't matter. He's in power. He doesn't look like me. He doesn't have my skin color. He doesn't have my gender. He's part of the power structure that I have to try to, uh, I have to try to supplant. Right. That's what they believe. Right. Well, and I hope I don't lose you here, but here, here's, here's also how I look at it too. Is okay when you think of who they're after. They're after a powerful, responsible, independent individual. That is ultimately at the highest of the hierarchy that they want to dismantle. And the reason I say that is because. That's essentially the type of ideology they want to destroy. And that's the type of ideology that allowed a lot of Westerner life, Western life to flourish, right? This idea... In individualism. Yes, yep. that you can take everything micro and then you can work outward. So you can mm-hmm. be given the freedom and responsibility to have a home. And then that home is able to, I don't know, grow something on that land. And then that what you grow, you can then trade. And then you can use the money that you got from the goods that you produced... And then invest it, and in doing and in investing it, you bring more people to your neighborhood, and safety yeah. goes up, and well-being goes up, and now all of a sudden, a government out there looks at that and says, "Oh well, we can't really take advantage of this because they're all responsible individuals. They're all obviously living life without our help, quote unquote." Right? Um, I think when you look at the power power structure, the top of the top, right? They actually understand that this can be one of the most, Sean, one of the, one of the most effective ways at making sure no one rivals them and threatens their power. So what do I mean by that? If you have a bunch of people and they're all at each other's throats and you create an ideology that's very tribal, so one tribe is against the other tribe and one group is against the other group and there's no collective unification within them. It's much easier to push BS narratives in the news and not have people call you out on it because you've created all this fighting, all this bickering, all this name calling, all this social media garbage that the real issues, as you said before, right, the military industrial complex, the petrodollar, you know, the debt, 
okay, the media's monopoly on information. These things don't get center stage. Instead, someone reads an article about, I don't know, a guy, you know, in the neighborhood who decided to, I don't know, wear an American flag and it was offensive and someone came to their right. house and forced them to remove it. And you see what I mean? Like, that's what essentially oh, yeah. everything's come down to. It's tribal. It's let's create all these different little tribes. Let's get them fighting. Let's get them bickering. And that's essentially how we're going to make sure that change doesn't take place. Change that would affect the type of influence that we have in society. So I think there's that element too that this is, can be used as an incredibly useful tool to kind of mm -hmm. subdue the population. There's a reason why the Biden administration and uh, you know and the and the corporate press why they want Americans believing that you know a janitor in Kansas who makes twenty five thousand dollars a year and who's a Trump supporter why that guy's more of a threat. To the American democracy than, oh, say, I don't know, a our crashing dollar, yep. the CIA, uh, foreign wars that never end, the Fed, which keeps printing money, uh, the police state, which keeps, uh, you know, uh, the COVID lockdowns and governors being able to essentially act like kings rescinding our, our civil rights, closing down small businesses. Meanwhile, you know, Amazon and Google make trillions of dollars. They don't want you to think about that. They want you to think that, you know, Earl, uh, who likes NASCAR and Trump and laughed at a problematic joke about Nancy Pelosi. They want you to think that that guy is the devil. And uh, by the way, can I add that something? That, the that guy, Earl, who also won't take the vaccine because now that's mm -hmm. a part oh, of that it. Guy. <laughs> uh -huh. And he doesn't like wearing he doesn't like wearing a mask. So he's, you know, putting all of us at risk. And yeah, of course, of course, it's all, of course. You, yep. you got to distract. You got to distract and you got to make scapegoats. And you go, oh, you see, look at him. He's problematic. He's part of these. He's a white supremacist. Why? Because he's white he, and he likes Trump. Yeah, that's right. You know, that's that's how stupid they think we are. And sadly, meant much many of us are that stupid. Right. We're falling for that. Well, even and, people and, are and like, meanwhile, yeah. meanwhile, we're having our we're having our rights and our economic freedoms just erased in front of us. It's incredible. It's, it's the biggest, like, gotcha in history. Right. And it's mainstream now, too, because everything that you said right now seems yeah. like, no, no, no. People don't view it like that. And I'll say, okay, they do. well, I, New York, here's New York Times just, just viewed, I think, a majority of liberals, like, I, I, I don't know if it was Washington Post or New York Times, it was, or, or it was a poll, and it was like, yeah, what do you think is the greatest threat to America? Yeah was like you know terrorism climate change all these things and among liberals it was trump supporters uh, it was trump supporters and i think or among, trump you know what they're among, smart among, to do that not trump voters because it's isn't that interesting manipulation there you know like yeah. if, if they want to manipulate trump supporters is more repulsive than trump voters but people forget 70 yes. i think and i'm not I, at least 70 million people voted for trump so what are they going to do with that, Sean? 70 million people and voted that, for the guy. That number, John, by the way, was up from, I think, 62. Or it was like a, he got a significant bump in among black and Latinos. and But they do not want, they hate it when you mention that. They go, ah, yeah. All these white supremacists apparently are, you know, proud Latinos and, and black people. <laughs> like, I know. They don't, I know. they can't, it doesn't fit with their ideology. Well, I know. So they, they, I, they I, scream. <laughs> right. And I know there's, the, the, to, 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 to defend what you just said, someone might say, oh, that, that doesn't happen. That's not happened in this country. Well, 
just to emphasize the fact that some of the some of these views are now mainstream there's a state senator richard pan from california he wrote an op-ed and you know what he said he said mm -hmm. when he's talking about people who are anti-vax extremism it goes along the same thing of like domestic terrorism and all this stuff right mm -hmm. <laughs> he says yeah, yeah. these extremists have not been held accountable so they continue to escalate violence against the body public we, wow. we must now summon the political will to demand that domestic terrorists face consequences for their words and actions. Our democracy wow. and our lives depend on it. They've been building alliances with white supremacists, conspiracy theorists, and others on the far right. And... And so, so, so let me get this straight. If you're a little reticent about the untested messenger RNA vaccine being forced on your children, you're a domestic terrorist. There you go. Well, it's akin. It's akin to domestic terrorism because after all, yeah. you could be killing someone. And if you ultimately could be killing yeah. someone, you could be threatening someone. And if you're threatening someone, you could be like a terrorist because terrorists threaten yeah. people. Uh, yeah. So therefore, mm -hmm. you're akin yeah, oh, to yeah. a terrorist. And it's why, like it's like six it's like six degrees of separation, right? You know? <laughs> and I, I I just bring this up so that people don't feel like, well, that's not really mainstream. Like, look, man, here's a California state senator who's here's a famous. quote. Here's a quote. Yeah. Not from not from a blogger, not from a loser college dropout who still lives in his mom's basement, right? This is not this is not the person who's saying this. This is a California state senator. Who said that in an op-ed? So first off, he was given. First off, L.A. Times allowed this to be published, which is crazy. But second, fine, I don't mind that. You want freedom of speech? It's actually good to know what kind of people are out there. But secondly, this came from a state senator, someone who was elected to hold public. Who was office. elected? I know, amazing. So, so that I mean, and there's, and there's more of them. There's another one here, and it's a little longer. I don't want to get into it, but. The idea that you might say, for example, well, the average vaccine takes two to five years to obviously follow proper protocol. I think we should wait and see what type of thing that we're dealing with here because we've never had this before and I really don't want to be part of a laboratory experiment. If you say that, you are now definitely on the fringe. And you know what's interesting? You and I actually, we got vaccinated, our kids got vaccinated. What I find interesting is how they define terms because now the new way they define terms is if you don't support this specific vaccine, you're an anti-vaxxer, right? Yeah. Even if you support 90% yeah. of all vaccines, but it's this right, vaccine right. that you don't right. support, you're an anti-vaxxer. You're an yeah. anti-vaxxer. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like it's like I have like I have no problem with the mumps, measles, rubella vaccine, right? Or the or the well, flu shot. But it's, yet, if I have a problem with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine that causes deep vein thrombosis and kills women, oh my God, you're an anti-vaxxer. Right. <laughs> well, if you just want to even raise the simplest question of, I noticed when people would die and they were told that they had COVID-19 in their system along with other problems that they had in terms of their health, they were immediately mm -hmm. diagnosed as a COVID-19 death. But please tell yep. me why when someone dies after getting the vaccine shot, we don't label them a death from the vaccine. Why don't we right. publish the people that have died from vaccine shots the same way that yeah. we've died from people with COVID-19? I mean, to me, yeah. that is another 
example of hypocrisy, of you hold a double standard, I would say. Where oh, for sure, you, for sure. Yeah. You, you say but that... It's, it's, you know, it's, it's logic, it's rules for... Rule, it, you know, it's special pleading. It's like, yes. okay, well, well, you have to prove that it was the vaccine that killed him, but I don't have to prove that it wasn't COVID that killed this guy who was right. 90 and who had diabetes. Right. You know, it's like, but you know, that guy who's 90 with diabetes who is COVID positive and then dies 20 days after his PCR test um, gets marked down as a COVID death. But you, they are, you know, of course the medical community is under no scruples to determine was it really COVID that killed that guy or possibly the 90 years old having diabetes. Right, thing. right. You know, but they, but they, of course, you know, they're, they, they're, they can't be bothered. What, what, well, what are you? Are you anti-science? Well, no, I'm, I'm actually pro-science. Right. I would like to see more testing and more, I would like to see some concrete evidence, please. Right. But, you know, rules for the, rules for me, not for, you know, rules yeah. for the, not for me. Essentially. I know, I know. Well, to, to wrap this up, one of the things I wanted to focus in on was the little optimistic message that I have, or can I see any optimism in all of this? And I'd say one thing, Sean, and I want to get your take on it before we take off. One thing that I'm optimistic about is I was looking back at World War One and I was looking back at World War Two, and I certainly view this as another war that's being fought right now uh, within within humanity or you know uh, within the human species. And there's one part I think of what's going on right now that's actually in our favor, and that is that I think what happened was whether it's the EU combined with America combined with an authoritarian Chinese government. I think in war, you have to be careful how many fronts you open up. And I think, ultimately, I think what's taking place, coming out of especially the woke, the woke country, right? The woke part of America. It's my belief that they've opened up too many fronts. Mm. And I think one of the optimistic things that I'm going to look at is they don't realize how many problems that need to be solved. So... When hyperinflation kicks in, or mm. when there's an issue with our energy crisis, or when there is an attack on cyber warfare, all of these things, right, military and the Middle East, what they don't understand is they've left our government incredibly, incredibly vulnerable to attacks because there's too many fronts that are being fought. Because the way I looked at this, Sean, is you have the front in the Middle East, right? Then you have the front on drugs. Then you have the front now on quote-unquote domestic terrorists. Then you have the front on Trump. Then you have the front on China. And the list goes on and on. The front in the academia with freedom of speech, right? Yep. BLM. Yep. Media. Media, as, media. As, podcast, as so, podcasters and more independent sources start to supplant the old dinosaurs they 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 hate that correct so you trying to take the, that under control so so i'm looking at it the trans movement is actually coming up against a lot more people that are saying no we're not going to allow biologically male people to fight right. and beat up our daughters that's not going to happen right uh, yeah the, the, clearly they're oh they they've launched a war on for example people with guns and the second amendment so what I'm getting at, Sean, to wrap this up is just like in the past, armies that have launched wars on too many fronts eventually yeah. get drained of resources and fall apart from within. Mm -hmm. 
that is exactly how I see this coming to an end. It's not going to be because Trump comes back or because Americans gather together and they say we're going to, you know, storm the Capitol and we're going to take over government buildings. This is going to be definitely a movement. And I've already seen some cracks in the system where it's yeah. only a matter of time, Sean, where conflict starts to get really, really hot on one of these fronts. The Middle yeah. East, the value of the dollar, the price yeah. of gasoline, unemployment, lack of freedom of speech, people being pushed around and bullied because they don't believe the narrative. They've right. launched so many wars on so many fronts that essentially I think what's going to happen is it's going to implode from the inside. And with that said, I want you to have the final word. Yeah, yeah, this is good because it brings us full circle. Um, why the cathedral is openly mad. And I think regular people are starting to see that now when they see, you know, it, it, they could ignore BLM destroying main streets and burning down uh, neighborhoods that lots of black people live in and destroying those black people's lives and go, huh, this doesn't make sense. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. A lot of them are starting to figure out, oh, yeah, BLM doesn't care about individual black people. They're a Marxist organization concerned with power. Oh, okay. People are starting to wake up to this. You know, uh, woke CIA. People are going, huh? What? You mean the the CIA? You mean like the, the like the people who are running uh, like secret prisons uh, care, uh, are saying Latinx now? Huh? What? <laughs> and they're seeing all this nonsense. And then you have all these people being driven to cryptocurrency. I wanted to mention this because, well, Joe Biden is just printing, printing money like it's going out of style, and all that, all those dollars. We're seeing the inflation. We're seeing the effects of inflation already. The price of wood, the price of bread, the price of gas in America is shooting up in many markets. And that's what happens when you print fiat currency. So people are starting to wake up and they go, oh, shit. You know what? Bitcoin, Ethereum, Dogecoin, Litecoin, all of these blockchain currencies that are not beholden to some government that can, or, you know, in some private bank run that is running the government or, or in cahoots with the government can control the currency so people are going off the reservation john with regards to podcasting in the media because they say oh wow new york times is garbage used to be the gray lady used to be the paper of no it's garbage now um uh um what's his face from veritas project veritas james uh, o'keefe um james o'keefe yeah james what's his name james O'Keefe. yeah 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 James O'Keefe exposing CNN and their whole entire agenda about pushing a COVID narrative. And then, oh, yeah, we're going to push the uh, climate narrative because that gets more views. Essentially, you know, a, a CNN higher up talking about his news organization like it's, you know, uh, like it's entertainment and it's propaganda. Yeah, we got we got to this is not what sells. This is what's right. People are starting to see the cracks and the cathedral is you know, increasingly getting crazier and crazier and crazier because they're losing their grip on power, John. Yeah. And you're going to, you know, the thing that I'm worried about, I'm, I'm not worried. I think that it will fall eventually. People will eventually wake up. My concern is how many people will die and how will America be able to survive that before people wake up and go, oh, we've had our rights taken away from us. They're feeding us nonsense. Um, this is this is crazy. Right. Like this is not what the, this is not what a, a country 
or a world is supposed to look like. We can do a lot better than this. We don't have to do this crazy corporate socialist garbage that they're they're telling us what we have to do. You know, this, uh, this incredibly racist and and bigoted ideology that is wokeness. We don't. Ha- we we shouldn't be doing this. We should be doing something else. I really really hope that before there is too much bloodshed and destruction that we wake up to this. Right. It's a great way to finish the show, Sean. Good episode. Let's get this posted along with the one that we did about a week ago. I posted the one we did two weeks ago twice. So I'm going to clean that up for you to make sure we get all three going here. And I know my season starts to calm down a little bit. I hope your season starts to pick up. And with that yes, said, I man. Hope so too. Yes, with that said, man, uh, we'll, uh, we'll chat soon. Good talking. Thanks, brother. All right, you ready? Where are we going, Johnny?